Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curzon Podcast, where we will be discussing in all its gory details Ben Wheatley's uh, adaptation of J.G. Bellard's High Rise. The film was released last weekend and we've both seen it and we've both got full pages of notes this week. Lots to talk about, lots to dive into. Um, so, uh, hello from me, Sam Howlett as always, and joined by Big H, Helen Seymour. Hello. Hello. Do you like Big H or do you want me to I, stop it? No, that's right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep doing it then. Okay. Um, so let's let's dive straight in because this is quite a complex and layered film. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, adapted from the J.G. Ballard novel and it's about a affluent London-based high-rise apartment building and essentially you have, as you get higher, they're more... They are more expensive, and the inhabitants are of a higher social class. So you've got essentially working class, middle class, and upper class. Um, and I think that's kind of a very unsubtle social statement from yes. there off. I think it's wearing its uh, social commentary on its sleeve very proudly, and it's not it's not like layered under subtext. It's just screaming it from uh, the roof of the high rise of what this film is really saying. And eventually, this sort of this system of the class system in this high rise eventually collapses and descends into just what can only be described as pure chaos and anarchy and primitive human man's primitive nature. Like Lord of the Flies. I was say it's Lord of the Fri- Lord of the Flies. X-rated. Yeah, X-rated yeah. Lord of the Flies in a in an apartment building. It's directed by Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley is perhaps one of the most, I think he's one of the most interesting British filmmakers at the moment, if not international filmmakers at the moment. Uh, Every film he's done has been just absolutely hit the mark. Sort of a weird combination of dark humanity with humour and comedy as well. Really dark humour. Really dark, pitch black humour, yeah. But always very interesting. Um, So let's go to, uh, let's talk about, some of the characters uh, that feature in High Rise. Uh, I was going to say let's talk about the plot, but I, I think sort of... I think I've done it in one sentence. Yeah, really, the plot. It's, that's it's pretty much it. In that way. Yeah, there's not really a, a typical narrative structure to the film. I mean, it sort of it opens at the end, as films often do, and you see 
Dr. Lang, who's played by Tom Hiddleston, and the building is, com- it's it's still there, but just, it's all rubble on the inside, and it's dark and smoky, and there's dirt everywhere, and everything just looks like chaos, chaos and it's not how it's supposed to be, so you know something's wrong from the off. And that's um, that's gone over with a voiceover that says "Life in yeah. the High Rise." Yeah, it's great for Lang, and he's yeah. really enjoying it. Yeah, so it's a nice a funny, juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say as well, actually, that the um, it's got a, yeah, it's got a third person narration mm. by Tom Hiddleston, which is immediately quite jarring. I think that he's narrating about himself, and there is one point towards the end of the film. Well, he actually says it out loud, his name in third person. Yeah. So he's completely lost his mind as well, along with the rest of the building. And he's, he sort of says, oh, I'm, I'm talking to the building, kind of thing. So yeah. there's a real, there's, the film's all about different kinds of collapse. Collapse of this uh, society and then collapse of in the individual mind as well. Um, but the film then, it goes back, I think it says three months earlier, doesn't it? And you see that, you see Dr. Robert Lane, is it Robert Lane? Yes. R. Robert Lang moving into the building and from there it's just a sort of slow build up He's, he meets a lot of the tenants there is a lot of uh, actors and characters in the film uh, lots to talk about there and he just goes through and gradually there's tensions rise between the floors until eventually it just there's a, a war a class war uh, occurs so um, let's talk about Tom Hiddleston the star of the film it's funny that he's now this huge, uh, sort of a, a one-man genre, mm, I guess. Yeah. The, the Hiddleston. Um, what did you make of him in this film? I think he really suited the role. Yeah, absolutely. Of, uh, Dr. Lang. The sort of gentle middle class. Yeah. I think. His whole body language and the way that he moved was very much kind of reserved. Yeah. And. Um, rigid and. And rigid and precise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which really suited the beginning of the film. Yeah. And it was good to see that change throughout the Definitely. film. Kind of playing like a James Bond. Kind of. Towards the beginning, yeah. especially. Quite suave, Light, wears suave. his suits. Yeah. Bit, a little bit of a ladies' man. Yeah. Um, I think as well, he's this the mediator between the lower floors and the upper floors. But yeah. as well, he's also trying to slightly be a social climber as well with retaining sympathy for the lower floors. <laughs> which I think is in itself a sort of quite a political social statement. Yeah, absolutely perfect cast from Tom Hiddleston. And uh, as the character says, he's a, a fine specimen in this film. Specimen is the, is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so also we have uh, Luke Evans as a character called Wilder, mm-hmm. very appropriately called Wilder, because yeah. he is a wild man. Crazy, crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> he spends a lot of the film covered in blood. Yeah. It's like a wolf. Yeah, he does look very very feral. He really fits into this world. And he's um, from the lower floors. And he is kind of the essentially the leader of this resistance against the upper floors, in a way. He's also a documentary filmmaker. Documentary filmmaker, yeah. yeah he's I thought, obsessed with getting it on yeah. camera. I thought Luke Evans was absolutely brilliant in this me film, too. actually. I yeah. think he was the standout. This is the standout performance, I think, yeah. for me. I mean, I it's probably agree. the showiest performance as well because he's so loud and he's got a lot to do. But I really took him away from this. He stayed in my mind for quite a while. A lot of his scenes and 
yeah, just this kind of man against the world character. Not always a nice character either. Quite often he does a lot of <laughs> nefarious things and but you still kind of slightly sympathize for him and you kind of root for him to get to the top. There's a key scene where he's shouting through a door and asking yeah. questions about what has happened. And at that point you do you are on his side. Mm. And I think in a way, at that moment, you're on his side more than you are on Lang's side. Yeah. Because Lang is so reserved, mm. it, I found it difficult to connect with him. I think I agree with you there. Because I think that's partially um, intentional as well, yeah. that Lang is kind of a contradictory character in that he has sympathy for the lower floors and yet wants to be part of the upper floors as well. Yeah. So yeah, that was a nice, interesting performance there from Luke Evans. And then I think the the third character that's important to talk about is Jeremy Irons as Anthony Royal, who is the architect of the building, and the big cheese at the top. I also think it's <laughs> so just he uh, he's surname is Royal. Yeah, which I, I, again, yeah, not too subtle. There. It's not subtle at all. It, it and I like that. I think. Oh, me too. It Especially knows what it's doing. It's something like, like this where there's yeah. moments where I don't really know what's going on yeah because it can be quite surreal definitely i think yeah. you have to have those pinpoints that are like yeah yeah this is clearly that and this yeah. is that you know yeah i thought he was really good as well uh, i haven't seen jeremy irons in anything for a few years anything this major i don't know he's also playing alfred in the new batman superman film mm-hmm. which is out this weekend so he's kind of a, sl- a slight res- resurgence for jeremy irons love but um th- kind of reminded me of uh truman show very Truman Show, yeah. yeah. Ed Harris and Truman yeah. Show. Also, another Ed Harris character in a film called uh, Snowpiercer. Ed Harris is kind of a very similar character. He's the head of this new... Because Snowpiercer is about the whole of humanity is on board a train after some sort of global uh, event. And he's the head of, at the head of the train at the front. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a similar structure yeah. where you've got... As you get further along, you get to the higher classes and he's on top. And yeah. I think, it, and that's the same in the Truman Show, where he's kind of in charge of this mini society. This architect. Yeah. Quite literally. Literally, yeah. He calls himself the midwife. In yeah. The show. I think he had a quite a complex performance as well, because he wasn't just, ah, oh, rich, powerful, evil. He was quite contradictory at times with what he was saying and what he was doing. But always, uh, he had a nice sort of vampiric mm. performance as well, I thought. He seemed to have his heart in the right place. Like yeah, that was the only thing that was in the right place. Definitely, yeah. All of his actions were against his proposed sure, yeah. good intentions. So, um, in terms of what you got from what the film was saying, because we said there the plot's very, very thin. Yeah. There's not like a. It's not like a, a, a chain of cause and a, a cause and effect. There's mm. not things like that. It's just things just happen, and I think what a lot of people might struggle with this film is. The order things happen, yeah, and it's like, but this hap- this things seemingly appear to take place at the same time, and your time frame is completely thrown off. I think especially when it gets to about an hour in, it it does away with structure. It's and just time. and time, yeah. Things it seems like things happen that happened far later in the film, and vice versa. Yeah. Things feel like that happened earlier, and characters appear to be in the same place, two places at once. Absolutely, it's very. Um, Discombobulating. Well, I think that's uh, really um, on purpose to really just push the idea that this building has completely fallen into chaos. 
And again, like you said at the beginning, everything has collapsed. Yeah, complete collapse of everything, everything possible, yeah. Um, so I think that it's interesting that the book by J.G. Ballard is set in the future. Yes. Whereas the film is set actually in the past, it seems. Yes, because it set. keeps the 70s... Yeah, sort of, seven, of, of the 70s, 80s kind of, of era, book, yeah. Which is an interesting decision. Yeah. It's been applauded for doing that mm. by lots of people. And I can see why, because to um, bring out a film about a dystopian future mm. isn't It's not that interesting new. anymore, yeah. yeah. Um, so to set it in the past, um, but to be talking about things that are happening to N- us yeah. now, it again uses that collapse of time quite well. Absolutely, yeah. There's a line in it that's something like... I feel like I'm living in a future five minutes from now. Mm. Or Definitely. Similar it has to that, that kind of vibe. Um, I think there was a kind of sci-fi vibe to it as well, though. Yes. Just because, I mean, like, as we said, it's not set in the future at all, but there is just it just feels otherworldly. And the way the, uh, the, way, uh, the high-rise is filmed is kind of like a sort of ma- a giant monolith type thing, mm. like a, almost a spaceship. Yeah, it's very... Always blocking out the sun, and it seems so just not of our world that this massive thing can can exist yeah and it at the top it kind of curves yeah it's got a kind of beak or like juts out to the side yeah yeah so yeah we talked about a collapse of class structure very heavily a criticism of that sort of thatcher yeah most notably very anti-neoliberalism but yeah as we said before that's not hidden at all um just to bring up the fact that this so this is a, a ben wheatley film and it, I think it really feels like a Ben Wheatley film. Yeah. Um, from seeing all these other works, there's just, I think, what you get of a Ben Wheatley film is a sort of dark subject matter and a lot of darkness, yet a, a, a line straight through everything of humour. Jet black humour, but still, it's still there. Now, I laughed a lot at this film. Mm. It's really quite funny. Yeah, there's some key moments that I thought, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, there's the bit toward nearer the end where Lang is meant to be interviewing someone mm. but because everything's gone to um, rubbish and ruin he is still acting like a doctor but he's doing it all with this massive crayon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's not even it, it's just he uses it as though it's a pen yeah but I just found that really funny <laughs> I remember that scene as well yeah uh, which also reminded me in Sightseers when she buys the big pencil mm, it's yeah it's probably that, as well that's another thing there's moments. just sort of everything's slightly off it's not full yeah. on surrealism it's not full on avant-garde it's just it's just not our reality just yeah. everything's slightly removed and like just think that what characters interactions with each other don't often make sense and it's like why would that character say that and i think that's entirely his style um as we said earlier you know you there's a lot of things happen that is is not are not explained like for example the way it all collapses into this chaos it, there's not really a reason which it I just kind of gradually happens tough yeah because if you look at something like Nightcrawler, mm. which I really love. Love Nightcrawler, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see the sliding scale of that. And there's little... Um, it's like every time when he looks in the mirror, you can see him getting gaunter. Yeah. And more skull-like. Whereas in this, because it all seemed to happen at the same time, mm. there were moments of metaphor and showing um, 
the collapse of things like we've discussed but it didn't seem to happen in a linear way so it was mm. hard i found it difficult to kind of one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today kind of go oh and now yeah. i see why that's happened it just it just sort of happens yeah but that's a very ben wheatley-esque thing one more thing i think was quite i find quite interesting it felt so british there's nothing like because a lot of um british filmmakers you know the great ones I'm not going to name any names but they often feel more like hollywoodized and yeah. they're trying to be sort of a british version of an american film kind of thing and there's nothing wrong with that but i it's just nice to see a film that feels so of its own kind and is not trying to be anything else it's there's something uh, t- particularly the kind of the humor and the actors obviously just the way it looks and feels is sort of yeah very sort of stereotypically british and kind of pythonesque as well yeah. at certain times especially uh when you think about the costume mm. parties that the yeah, bored certainly. wife of the architect has and uh the idea that she's dressed up as little bo peep and yeah. is on a horse and it is that um to put in air quotes yeah. british humor yeah definitely um which is great to see, and mm. it's I do like I said I find I did find it really funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're bang yeah. on. With it's that. very kind of Terry Gilliam-esque as well. I found the film. Mm. It really reminded me of Brazil yeah. a lot of times. Um. And yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, the sort of the pythons. So um, let's talk. Should we talk about the uh, the violence in the film? Yeah. Because the violence is really quite ever present, quite visceral, quite punchy, but never. Never sensationalist. It's always absurd. Yeah. And almost at times done for laughs. I felt. Yeah. So as he's a, a, a medical, as it is, he's not a medical. He's a doctor that trains other doctors. I f- feel yeah, that's kind a of fi- yeah. A physician, a physiologist. That's the one. I can't say that word. But <laughs> I struggled. <laughs> so and he's like just sort of doing an autopsy of this man's skull and the way he peels his skin back was really quite horrible but kind of funny it's kind of one of my favorite moments of the film um because he just goes so the facial mark i think he even says the word collapses okay might not but the facial mask collapses and he just pulls it down and you see this skull slides off yeah yeah, which was fantastic yeah which i guess is what the film's doing to society isn't it it's pulling pulling the facade back the skin back to show you what's really underneath and getting a hammer and violently opening up what the world actually is like exactly uh i loved that as a scene and also i just find it really fascinating anyway that the idea that when you see a skull you're always repulsed Mm. by it and even though it's what we all are yeah um and it seems so other Definitely, yeah. 
the, the, yeah, it's funny the image of the skull is associated yeah. with horror and warning and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I think the film's really interesting in a way as well. We talked about these three lead characters there. There's a lot of other characters we'll get to in a second, but each character, each of those three men, they're kind of, it's like a, tri- a triple header and you could kind of, there's a kind of Freudian id, ego, super ego thing going on. Oh, hello. Hello. Let's Paid- explore that some more, Sam. Paging Go Dr. On. Freud. Yeah. Um, so you could, like, Wilder is the base. He's primal. He's instinctive. He's the id. Yeah. And then Lang is kind of the mediator who sort of has to suppress the id to present himself in society in a respectable way. Yeah. And then the superego is what sort of the rules of society and how that is mediated and presented. And that's Royal at the top who sets the rules. I love that. What? That's Boom. no, that's really brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my goodness. That's... But then at the end that all collapses. Yeah. That, that, that this again another sort of existing structure in what we just uh, assume is fact is is kind of pulled pull uh, the rug from under. Yeah. Um that's such a good way of doing it especially when you think about later on in the film. Yeah. Lang is asked to do um an act towards Yes. Wilder. That really works. Mm, definitely. If he's meant to be the mediator. Yeah. So there's so we've also got uh, Sienna Miller in the film. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say she was not the best representation of a female character. I've well, ever seen. this is one of the main issues I have. I think, with the film. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved the film. She can probably tell, but just that character, I felt. Oh, did did we need that? I don't know. I am constantly disappointed. This isn't a mm. um, attack at this film in particular yeah. because it happens a lot. But I would like to see a film that tackles the notion that women are objectified without at the same time objectifying women. I think that the Elizabeth Moss character, who is uh, yeah. Wilder's wife, she was, I, she was fine. Yeah. A good character, well-rounded, yeah. I thought. Good name. Yeah. But just, um, yeah, there's a couple of other characters, in particular some of the women on the top floor. Yeah. That was it was just very seedy, and I think I know it's supposed to be seedy, but it didn't. It didn't. That that that's part of the film because the film's doing a lot of things I haven't seen done before, or done this well before. But that was part I felt I I have seen this before. Well, that's the thing. It's it's how yeah. do you surely there's another way of showing the seediness without yeah. being a bit seedy in how you do it. Definitely, I think that is slightly problematic. Yeah. But I think the... Uh, but it's been done in a million films. Yeah, it's, we, yeah. So this isn't I'm an attack single on this that. One out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think what it does well is actually the um, absurdness of the upper class in the film. They're yeah. all ridiculous. Uh, yeah. There's one called Munro yeah. in particular who... We don't give him a good slap, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just... And he has this little pencil-thin moustache as well. And I was... Yeah. Uh, His it... fate was uh, deserved. Yeah. Um, there's also some really good shots of the architect's uh, house, mm. the, the penthouse, and especially later on in the film when everything's um, there's loads of rubbish bags everywhere. Yeah. And the rubbish bags look exactly like the cushions on oh, the sofa. Oh, okay. So That's a nice little parallel. sofa cushions are like black leather. Yeah. Um, and I loved that. Definitely, yeah. 
yeah, I think uh, sort of aesthetically the film really gets across. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The set design, the way everything looks in the building, magnificent. And there's perfect. one of my favourite scenes is a scene where Tom Hiddleston is painting. Yeah. And just, but painting in the kind of way that you really want to paint. When you paint a room, you want to yeah. go, yeah, let's go for it. And just paint yourself. Put and, it on your face. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I really loved that. Um, and that's so funny as well, because he says, I think I've finally found the right shade of grey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so should we um, just quickly say general thoughts of them before we get into uh, spoiler territory as we often do at the end of the show sure. um, what your, what's your sort of final thoughts of the film um, I did struggle with it mm. but it's that's not to say it's a bad film yeah. this is a million miles away from a bad film Yeah. because I find it a little bit difficult to connect, connect with Lang then, like I said before, that sliding scale mm. was tough. But I would really like to see it again mm. because I think there's so much happening yeah. that it would be great to just sort of know the story beforehand and then definitely. Go and see it. Also, I should say that I haven't read the book, and the book it's meant to be a really faithful representation mm. of the yeah. book. So you have to bear that in mind. Like I really enjoyed. Um, we need to talk about Kevin, mm. um, and I had read the book beforehand, but I okay. can see if I hadn't. I would have struggled a little bit okay. with that. But it's... The set and everything is incredible. Yeah. The acting's great. It was great to see Reese Shearsmith in uh, it. Yeah, we haven't mentioned him. Um, the dentist. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a huge fan of Inside Number 9, mm. which he does on the BBC. Yeah. Uh, which goes along the same so kind, of kind of dark... British surrealism. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's brilliant to see him and that just being fantastic and doing great things with masking tape. Yeah. His oh, costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so struggled, but um, well worth a watch, and yeah. I think it's been handled really well. Absolutely. Have having seen it, I've seen it twice now, and I think it really benefits from a second viewing because you're going in a second time. You kind of know what you get. You're getting into. You know that it's going to confound you and hit you like a speeding car. It's not going to go into this uh, this world lightly. So it's nice to sort of sit, it's nice when, when you see it the second time, you kind of sit, sat back and you're kind of more relaxed about what's unfolding in front of you. And just, I've just uh, really loved it the second time, actually. I really enjoyed it and just loved how well made it is. It's so It's really perfect. well made. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get into the ending just very quickly. Yeah. Um, I really, I love the ending where... What I, how I think the film should end is he get he sort of calls up next to Sienna Miller and she says, well, you talk to someone? He says, no, just a building. And it looks at the camera. That should have been it. But there's, And then there's there's just this bit where the boy would make who makes the radio plays like a Thatcher speech. I really enjoyed that. Did you? Yeah. Mm, I thought, oh, no, you just missed the mark, I thought, oh, for me. Oh, I thought that was on the mark. I thought it was perfect until that, and I was like, you didn't so didn't need a Thatcher speech. We kind of knew that it was set in the 70s, and it was about class, you know, abuse of the class system, and it was, it was absolutely perfect. And I was just like, ah, we did we need, did I need that? But I loved... It doesn't ruin the film by any means at all, but it's just, if, if I were to edit the film... I'd have cut out. it slightly earlier, yeah. I loved a little boy. Um, so the little boy is the one that yeah. plays the radio. And he just sort of pops up 
he's funny moments yeah. and he's kind of always watching. The professor. Yeah. They call him, yeah. <laughs> um, and I found it really funny that this whole time, when everything had been falling to ruin, mm. he had built himself this massive <laughs> radio tower. <laughs> yeah. Like, I loved that. I was really glad to see that. Um and then I know what you mean because it's her voice even mm. has been used so often just to talk about these issues. Yeah, it's just. But think about it in fifty years' time. Yeah, it will. It will be. Is necessary. it going to be so old-hatted to use yeah. her? No, it's not. I suppose so. I didn't like how the bubble popped. Yeah, I would I'm have not sure it. of the bubble either. There was, yeah. the, the end is a bubble popping. That's true. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm just not. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. It just. It just doesn't fit. I think slightly. I think it was quirky. Yeah. I liked that end. Um, so let's just end now with some uh, popcorn time. Uh, this is the last section of the show where we talk about things we've overheard, people saying as they've left the cinema. Um, so yeah, as we mentioned earlier, someone said they didn't really understand how it descended into chaos, and you said you slightly yeah it was slightly problematic, but I think that's very intentional. I, I think agree. it's part of just Ben Wheatley's style. And also, it's just the idea that you don't need something to happen. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's within all of us. Exactly, yeah. It's primal. Yeah. It's, built, it's innate. Like a wolf. And then, um, yeah, I heard someone else mention that, that who had read the book that they thought, yeah, it's a very, they said, oh, very faithful ad- uh, adaptation, they said. Which yeah. Uh, but mainly things I heard consisted of Tom Hiddleston's naked body. Yeah. Which is in the trailer. Yeah. It's not really needed in the film. <laughs> like, I'd be saying that if it was a woman, yeah. so, like, yeah. it's the same. Like, you don't need it in mm. the film. I also heard someone, actually, an interesting point that said, um, well, I'm not sure if someone who's done as Bond after seeing that, because he's currently one of the front runners in the public's he eye to he, take. He reminded yeah. me of James Bond. And yeah, you said, but I heard someone else say, well, I'm not sure, because I think he's quite a complex character and you don't really expect... Bonds to be that complex, I suppose. He's not particularly macho in this. No. Like he doesn't really do anything that brave ultimately. No. And he he's, might, he, re- he's he's, he refrains from the action. The action's mainly for Wilder, the yeah. wild man. Yeah. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if Tom Hiddleston is Bond, especially after this, where he's does such a a different performance. But he's a very good actor, so he can he's do anything. Very, yeah, I think he can do. I believe in you, Tom. I believe in you, Tom. Um. Also, I guess this doesn't really count as popcorn time, but um, the producer who made Crash, not the 2004 version, the 96 version with David Cronenberg. Absolutely amazing version. I love that film. Do you? Mm. Um, About people who are aroused by car crashes. Yeah. Which is also a J.D. Ballard. It's the same producer. Jeremy Jeremy Thomas. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Irons was approached to star in Crash. Was he? Turned it down. So that's the... And also, Ballardian, Ballardian is um is actually a word in the dictionary. Really? Yeah. Themes such as dystopian modernity, bleak man-made landscapes, and the psychological effects of t- technological developments. That absolutely sa- uh, sums, Which up, sums the film. up the film. Yeah. So in that way, of course, yeah. he's been faithful, yeah. and it's excellent. And on that note, pitch perfect definition of the film. There, uh, that's the end of the show. Yeah, really highly we. Highly rec- I highly recommend High Rise. I think it is, it's, it's a challenging watch, but a rewarding one, I think. And, uh, yeah, support British film. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.